Are you tired of spending countless hours in the kitchen every week trying to figure out what to make and constantly overspending on takeout? My guide, Well Prepped, is here to revolutionize your mealtime routine by offering you the perfect solution. Prep once, cook twice, and enjoy delicious, macro-friendly meals all week long. The food struggle is real. You want to eat well-balanced meals that taste good. You want to make most of your meals at home, but don't want to be a slave to your kitchen. You know you should be eating more protein, but don't know how in the world to get it in. You're overwhelmed with just choosing a recipe you have saved, so you end up getting takeout again. Insert well-prepped, a guide I created to take the guesswork out of efficiently making delicious, macro-friendly meals. This guide provides you with eight weeks of recipes. Each week, you'll prep once for 30 minutes, cook twice, and then enjoy eating all week. That's right. The two recipes will make you a total of six meals. I even made Instacart links for all the weekly groceries you'll need so you don't even need to think about grocery shopping. I'm all about saving time, money, and mental energy when it comes to feeding my family healthy meals, and now I get to share that with you. Grab your copy of Well Prepped at aishazaza.com. And from my kitchen to yours, cheers to eating well and being well prepped. Welcome to the Mindset Mile podcast, the show that'll leave you empowered to take action towards becoming the turned up version of your already awesome self. I'm your host, Aisha Zaza, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. All right. So Jess, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. I feel like this is going to be such a meaningful conversation for a lot of people. Um, Body image is something that I know so many people struggle with and myself included, and especially in my past. Um, And I'm hoping that you can shed some really positive light on loving your body unconditionally. And you've been through quite the journey. So I can't wait to hear actually like the in-depth Um, pieces about it. So um, without further ado, Jess Fairchild, welcome to the Mindset Mile. Why don't you go ahead and start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Awesome. I am so excited for this. I was born and raised in here in beautiful Santa Barbara, California, and I have so much to be thankful for. I'm so grateful to live in Santa Barbara. I, my husband and I are destination wedding photographers, so we get to travel the world photographing incredible couples all over the place. And then I also do boudoir photography, which is something that I'm sure we'll talk about later in this podcast, but it's amazing to see women really see how beautiful they are and be a part of that process. So yeah, Jess is a really infectious, from what I know of you, you are such an infectious, confident person. And I've only known you in, you know, the last couple years, but I know that you've had you've kind of lived a couple different lives, I think, in your in your body. And so would you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and where you are today now? Yeah, absolutely. So I something that I always loved was my parents taught my sister and I how to always believe in ourselves, but to follow our dreams and that there was nothing that was off limits. They never forced us to follow a certain path or go to a certain school or anything like that. They always um, really encouraged us to follow our dreams, which I loved. I, when I was, this is an important part of my health journey, which is why I want to share it. But two weeks before I turned 30, my parents sat my sister and I down and told us that my biological dad was not the dad that I'd grown up with. And then I found out later that year that that biological dad had passed away at the age of 56 from a heart attack. So I had already at that point in my life been, I'd been overweight my entire adult life, but I knew that I wanted to start my health and fitness journey and take it seriously. And I found out that my biological dad had passed away from a heart attack right as I was starting to take health and fitness seriously. So for James and I, we had seen so many things in our business and our marriage that were going so well. Like our business was going great. This was 2018. So our business was going so well. Our marriage was going so well. Like all these things in life were going well, but we kind of put our own health on the back burner during that time because life gets so full and so busy. So we decided to separately, we made the decision of we need to take control of this part of our life. Like we really need to start working on, I mean, I was... I was 30 and 
he's younger than I am, so he was a couple years younger, but we realized this is something that we need to start paying attention to. So did you have a athletic background like prior to that or were you into sports or like exercise prior to 30? I, great question. When my freshman year in high school, I was on varsity swimming. So swimming was everything in my life. I swam five miles a day. I swam club. I went to junior Olympics when I was younger. Then I had a knee injury the summer of my freshman year that caused me to be on crutches for four months. And then I couldn't swim for the next couple of years. So I actually suddenly had a hole in my schedule and then started doing photography, which is really funny that that ended up leading to the career that I have now. But I, after I stopped swimming because of the injury, I would do a couple things every now and then, but didn't have any serious commitment to any sports after that. And then I really spent the majority of my time working on my business and not so much on health and fitness until I was 30. And actually... I was just talking to James about this the other day. When I turned 30, I remember my 30th birthday. It was this huge dance party that James threw for me. It was so much fun. Huge, huge party. And I I loved how I looked. I was so happy. I'd always had the idea and the thought of, I want to lose 100 pounds. Like every year for New Year's resolutions, I would say, <coughs> this year I want to like start losing weight and take it seriously. And I just wasn't taking the right steps each year. But when I got to my 30th birthday, I thought this is it. Like, I love how I look. I weighed 305 pounds, but I was like, I love how I look. I'm very confident in my body. I know that I'm beautiful. I wanted to lose weight, but I thought, you know what, if I haven't lost that weight yet by age 30, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I remember I loved how I looked at that point. Like I looked at my body and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely overweight. I was very much overweight, but it didn't stop me from being who I am. And it didn't hold me back from loving life and loving my situation around me. But it wasn't until later in that year of my 30th year that I started taking it seriously and that everything changed when I started to actually pursue this goal of losing hundred pounds. Wow. I have goosebumps like hearing just, you sound so loving towards Mm -hmm. your old self um, and the, the body that you had when you were a hundred plus pounds more than you are now, which I think is just, I feel like the conversation around being overweight is usually not so positive. You know, people Mm -hmm. usually feel really bad about themselves and to hear that you, your starting point, or I guess not a starting point, but like how you've always seen yourself was just like beautiful and confident. And like, there was no other, why would there be anything else? Because you were you regardless of your size. And I, that is amazing. Um, what do you think were some of the biggest factors that contributed to your overweight? Honestly, it was 100% food intake. I, I would always see other people's stories of how they lost so much weight and they would say, oh, I ate fast food all the time and I ate fried food all the time or this is what I would eat. I ate so healthy, but I just simply ate too much food. Like I didn't understand even like, I mean, now I count macros and I'm, it's like a whole language. I feel like counting macros is a language. So now I can look at food and see macros. But at that time I would just eat food that tasted great. I'm a foodie, so I love food, but I would eat food that tasted great. And I hated the feeling of being hungry, which I've learned now the difference of being in a calorie deficit. So I was just eating way too much food and it wasn't bad food and it wasn't unhealthy food. It was just eating way too much of it and not realizing Mm -hmm. that my body needed a certain amount of food to fuel what I was doing and not an excess above that. So did you feel like your attack, I I don't know if it's an attachment, but did you feel like emotionally tied to food or was it just like food is fuel and you're having too much of it? Or were there any like emotional factors that you often hear about? Honestly, so many other people say they have an emotional tie to food. I don't think that that's ever been an issue for me. It's more that just, I like food and I would eat it, but it's not like I would choose. It's not like if I was sad, I would say, oh, I'm going to go eat ice cream out of the fridge. I don't really eat ice cream. And I didn't at that point in my life either. It was more that I just enjoyed eating well and eating a lot of food well, but it wasn't like out of a place of sadness or out of even a place of celebration. It was more Mm. that food was fuel and I was simply eating too much of it and didn't realize that I was eating too much of it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, food is delicious. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I want to keep eating food that's delicious, too. So I get that. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how your 30th birthday, you make this commitment. You get into fitness. Where did that start? What, what was the beginning of your fitness journey? Tell us about that. So I decided in the middle of our busiest wedding season, September is always our craziest month for weddings. I think we had nine weddings that month. I decided I need to start taking my workout seriously. So my husband and I both decided separately the same week without talking to each other. He was joining CrossFit and I was joining a gym called Jenny Schatzel. And we started that week. And that was a time in our life where we felt like we did not have the time to work out. But if you can start working out when you feel like you don't have the time, then when your schedule gets a little less crazy, of course you'll be able to do it. So we started working out that week. And I remember being so sore for like three weeks, just especially in group fitness. I love group fitness because I need to be able to show up and have everything else push me to do the work. Mm -hmm. I'm not self-motivated. We'd had gym memberships for years and we would go once or twice in a month because it takes a lot to get to the gym and then push yourself to actually do the workout and Mm -hmm. pick the playlist and all that. So I loved group fitness. So I started at Jenny Schatzel in 2018 And then after about probably a year and a half, I wasn't seeing that much weight loss per se, because I wasn't focusing on food yet. I was really more focusing on just moving my body. And I'm amazed now looking back that at over 300 pounds, I was able to move my body. I was definitely in a lot of pain, but I didn't realize what the pain was from until I started losing more weight. Like I had a sprained ankle that kept spraining. I had my knee injury flare up again from when I was 14. I had carpal tunnel in my wrist, just all these things that like from being that overweight and working out, my body was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I need to lose the weight in order to continue working out like this. So I, I lost some weight from just actually exercising, but the real, the real weight loss started when I actually switched gyms. So I switched to F45 and that is a results-based gym. And so from the first week that I was there, I love that they incorporate weightlifting with cardio. That was huge for me because I had never, ever done any type of weightlifting. So learning how to do that, I realized how strong I was. And that was very empowering because throughout my whole journey, I so thankful for what my body can do. And even when I was so large before I knew I would, I remember I put an Instagram post up about it at some point, but I said, like, I'm thankful for my strong legs because they're able to like help me walk around Europe for 12 miles a day or things like that. Like I've all, no matter what my size was and no matter what point of my journey I was at, I've always been thankful for what my body is capable of doing Mm -hmm. and learning how to incorporate strength training within that. I realized I'm really, really strong. And I became so attracted to how my body felt when I was lifting weights. Mm. F45 does these challenges where they, you weigh in at the beginning and at the end on an in-body challenge or on an in-body machine, and they get your body fat percentage, your weight, but also your like muscle mass and fat and all of that. And what I loved about that was learning not so much the main number on the scale, but actually what I loved learning what my body composition was. And then having a scan at the beginning and the end was amazing because you could see the work that you put in, what it actually looked like on paper. Mm-hmm. So the first challenge that I did with F45, I lost 37 pounds and I think 7% body fat. Wow. Which, and how long was that challenge? It was 10 weeks, I think. Wow somewhere from eight to 10 weeks. That's amazing. And that was the first time that I had seen, I mean, a significant chunk of weight loss ever. And all of that was contributed to my food intake along with the workouts. So they have various different, they have an app that like helps you with the food and all that. If you want that, I did half of my meals I made on my own. The other half were, we had like a meal delivery program, which was really helpful because it's, Mm -hmm as you're learning portion size and calorie intake and macros and all of that, I think it's really helpful to have like having a meal plan was really, really helpful for that. Um, but it was the first time that I realized, 
oh, I'm capable of this. Like I wasn't unhappy when I started it. I remember one of the coaches came up to me the month before the challenge and he said, are you going to do the next challenge? And I thought, "Mm, I don't know, like maybe I'm traveling through it. So I don't know if I'll do it. He's like, I really think you could do really well on the challenge and the challenge winners get money. So along with the results that you have, which are great, it's always very attractive when you win. There's a cash a price. Of cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember him saying to me, he's like, uh, he's like, I think you could do really, really well. Um, he was like, and you could, you know, win a bunch of cash right before Christmas. And I was like, oh yeah, that is really attractive. And I remember two weeks into it, I weighed in and I'd already lost 14 pounds. And the coach, one of the main coaches knew that. And he said to me, he was like, how much weight have you lost so far? I was like, I just scanned in this morning and I lost 14 pounds. He was like, yeah, I bet you'll lose 35 to 40 by the end if you continue. And I looked at him and I thought, I don't believe you at all. Because my whole life I had been like wanting to lose weight, happy with how I looked, but still wanting to lose, like really just wanting to lose the excess fat that I had on my body. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at him and thinking, you don't know me. Like, you don't know me. You don't know my journey. Like I've tried this multiple times. I don't think this is going to work. But He believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And so throughout, like each scan that I would do throughout that challenge, I remember he would ask me how I was doing. He was like, yeah, just as I expected. And it was amazing to have somebody else speak into my life in that way and say, I see you and I see how strong you are and I see what you're capable of. And that was just such a game changer to be surrounded by people who all had the same goal and who all had results that they wanted. And then to like step through that together was amazing. And then they told me that I I didn't think that I had won. I thought another girl did, but they came to our Christmas party with like a trophy and cash and like did this huge, this huge thing, which was so special. Um, so that was like, that was the first time that I had lost a significant amount of weight doing, and especially doing it in a way that wasn't like a liquid diet or a fad diet or keto or something that, a lot of people try and then easily fail at because as soon as they stop doing that, they gain the weight back. Yeah. It was the first time in my life that I had actually just eaten less so that my calories were, my calories in were less than my calories that I was burning. And I felt phenomenal. That's so cool. I love group fitness for a lot of reasons. And I think a lot of people struggle with not even being overweight. They are embarrassed when they don't have a background in any type of weightlifting or exercise. I talk to a lot of people that are intimidated by CrossFit or an F45 or, you know, what was formerly known as the Jenny Schatzel program. Um, They're intimidated to go and to look kind of silly in front of other people. Was there ever a point where you felt not confident, you know, like going in without having any exercise background at all and being overweight? Did you feel like people were looking at you? Did you feel judged? Was there an interaction where you ever were judged by someone? That's such a good question. I'm so grateful that my fitness journey is the way that it is because I started at what was formerly Jenny Schatzel and there's such a positive love your body movement that happened at that gym. And as, as a 30 year old at 300 pounds starting to work out, it would be so easy to be judged in a different environment, but I was Mm -hmm. not judged in that environment. And so I think starting there was so helpful because I was learning basic movements of Mm -hmm. like how to squat properly. And I remember the first mile, they did like a mile challenge. And the first mile I did there, it was 19 minutes because I like walked for most of it. And then I got shin splints and I tried to run. It took me 19 minutes. And then I think they did the next mile challenge a couple months later. And I think I got it down to like 15 minutes for the mile. And I was so proud, but there was no one in the gym that would ever look at me or say something that I would feel like I don't belong here or I'm not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. It was very much a, you belong here and we're all on this journey together, whatever it looks like. The reason I switched to F45 was because I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see. I felt great moving my body and I'm grateful for that season there Mm -hmm. because that's what I needed to start my journey. I think F45 could easily be much more intimidating. And I think that, and for sure, CrossFit, I'm still intimidated by CrossFit and I've been there for a year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole separate story. But I, I think the best thing about F45 was 
I knew that I wanted results going into it. And I knew that I could see those results there based on what I'd seen other people do. I don't think it was a point of judgment in a bad way. It was more of people seeing me and seeing my strength and my ability and wanting the best for me. And I remember a coach coming up to me the first week at F45 and she said, you're strong. I see how strong you are. You need to lift a heavier weight. And I remember thinking, what? How does she know I'm strong? Like, I don't even know what I was doing, but I remember her saying that and I thought, okay, this person is is seeing me and honestly judging me, but in the best way mm-hmm. of seeing my potential. And I think that being in a place where people can see your potential and not just call you out, but call you up. Like, mm-hmm. I see your potential and I want to bring you up here Love because that. I know what you're capable of. Yeah. And so I think being in a place that, yes, there's judgment, but it's the type of judgment you want because they see something in you you might not see in yourself. And having them call you up like that is such an amazing thing. And that's honestly the best thing that happened in my journey was having other. That's like the best thing about group fitness is having someone that sees that and is able to bring that out of you in the best way. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know firsthand that when you feel empowered and mentally equipped, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. But sometimes life gets you bogged down or overwhelmed and you're not able to show up in the way you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful to learn positive coping skills and set boundaries. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash mindset mile today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mindset mile. Want to know the most underrated form of self care? Sleep. I am all about prioritizing sleep as a part of my self care. And since we spend a third of our lives in bed sleeping, I love luxury bedding. Cozy Earth is my go to brand when it comes to all things bedding, and I especially love their best selling bamboo sheets. They're temperature regulating and incredibly soft. They are the first sheets I've used where I can feel a noticeable difference every time I get into bed. Snuggle up this Valentine's Day in Cozy Earth bamboo sheets. You can thank me later. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer specifically for my listeners, so you can enjoy 35% off your entire online order when you use code MINDSETMILE. Enjoy! What advice would you give to someone that feels really intimidated in starting their journey in group fitness? They might not have the the first, the landing spot that you had at Jenny Schatzel program, right. right? So like if they are stepping into an Orange Theory or an F45 or any type of group class setting where they are coming with little to no experience and are overweight, like what would you tell them? Like how would you empower them to just start and not be worried about what other people think? There's something that I always say in business in general, but my husband and I will both say it and we say, just ship it. So there are so many times in your life where you want something to be perfect or you want to feel a certain way going into a situation. And a lot of times if you wait until that moment that you feel ready for that time or waiting for that moment where everything's perfect, then it won't ever happen. But if you just ship it and you realize, you know what, this is good enough, I'm going to do it. Mm, Or this is like, yeah, good enough. Just do it. Just ship it. And I feel that way with certain reels that I record on Instagram. There's times where I'm like, I could re-record this a hundred times, but it's good enough. Just ship it. And I think having that mentality with your fitness journey is so important because you just need to ship it. And for that matter, it's shipping yourself to the gym, like get yourself in the door and, and do it. And I think one of the wonderful things about group fitness is it's so scalable. There are coaches there that can give you alternative moves for whatever it is. And I have been the queen of modifications since day one, because there's so many things that when I was over 300 pounds, my body physically couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And then now being having lost over 100 pounds, I know that there are still some things my body maybe isn't as capable of doing, but I'm still like starting to try those movements now. But in the beginning, I needed modifications. And so being able to look at the coach and say, can you give me a good modification for this is huge. And I think 
if I didn't realize how scalable workouts were, I would have never walked in the door, but I knew they can give me anything new. Like I continued working. I had so many injuries throughout my fitness journey and I continued working out through all of them. I injured my elbow trying to do a chin up and I couldn't, I couldn't even brush my hair for the next two weeks afterwards because my grip (laughs) grip was so bad. Um, And so then for the next two months after that, I couldn't lift anything with my upper body. So I only did lower body workouts for two months and it was really difficult at first. And then I became so attracted to how, when I only focused on lower body, like how amazing my legs and my butt looked as I continued to work on that. And I realized (laughs) like injuries and scaling things is not necessarily a bad thing. It can feel intimidating in the moment and it can feel like you're less than the other people in the room when other people are doing a certain workout that you're not able to do. But when you realize what that movement is doing for your body, I think that is such an amazing thing. Like I realized on upper body days, I was doing lower body. And I thought people are probably looking at me and thinking, why is she doing that? Then I realized they're going to see my results. Like if I need to prove something to them, then they'll see it in my results. But really it's not about them. It's, it's about me. And, and nobody else is thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself. A (laughs) hundred percent. And I, which I love. Sometimes I think, well, I kind of wish they were thinking about me because I look really good doing this. But but realistically, it is such a personal journey. And being in a gym, the last F45 and CrossFit don't have mirrors. And I love that because Mm -hmm. you're not Mm -hmm. as focused about other people and what they're looking at and what they're thinking Mm -hmm. about. You can really focus more on yourself and your own movements. And if you're doing something incorrectly, the coach will tell you, which is great. Um, But I... I loved, I love that I walked in the door when I did, because I was very intimidated. When I walked into F45, I remember thinking, I can't believe I'm here. Like, why am I here? But I knew that I wanted results. And that was the reason I walked in and people were so kind and so thoughtful. And there were people that, I mean, have seen my entire journey there. And they've said, you look like a different person than when you walked in. Like, I remember you the first day they looked at me and they said, this is a great workout. I'm so glad you're here. And they're like, we watched your body transform over the next two years. And I love that other people were able to see that part of the process because obviously it was never for them, but it's amazing. It's amazing to be around people who all have the same goal and purpose and are working towards that together. Absolutely. What I love about you, what I'm gathering that you're saying and your overall like approach to this weight loss journey is that you were results driven, but process oriented. And I think that, I mean, I talk about this a lot on the show about how we become really like obsessed with the results. And when we don't see them on our timeline or when we want, or when we expect, we give up on the process or people in turn start doing less and less. They're like, well, if this isn't working for me, then they inevitably don't go to the gym as frequently because they're like, well, what is the purpose if it's not working? And I love your consistency and your dedication where you were like, no, I've seen this work for other people. It can work for me. I have to put in the time I need to put in the consistency and you got your results and you focused, you've said several times about how you loved how you felt. Mm. You loved, you were obsessed with how strong you were and you didn't ever realize that was even a thing to love about yourself. Like how, what a cool thing to discover on that, on that path. And so I love that you have loved the process regardless if you were where you wanted to be at that time yet, you know, and other people saw that you were getting there. And I love the the idea of borrowing other people's belief. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes that is what you need. Like other people can see things, they can see your blind spots, they can see what you can't. And I think that that is a huge part of what makes group fitness so wonderful. Like you said, is just having that positive energy around you, having other people believe in you and cheer you on, you know, like people want to see the best for you. You know, they want you to get what you want out of it too. So I think that's huge. You seem to have a really unique history with the way you have seen yourself and the way that you've loved yourself unconditionally, regardless of your size, Um, which I know is not the same for many people who struggle with weight and being overweight and staying consistent with exercise and fitness. 
what was what's the biggest contributing factor that you have employed to love yourself unconditionally? Like, what advice would you give to someone who is constantly talking? They have a really negative headspace. They are shaming themselves all the time about their size or their lack of discipline or their lack of consistency. What is something that you would tell yourself if you ever found yourself kind of slipping in that way? I think it's so important to pay attention to what you're saying to yourself and the language that you're saying to yourself when not what you're saying to other people, but the thoughts that are in your head, because those become your reality. And it's so easy to look in the mirror and pick apart all the things that you don't like about yourself and to go shopping or just, just anytime that you're looking in the mirror or having just a one-on-one moment with yourself, it's really easy to believe lies about yourself or to, to have a negative voice in your head. But what people don't realize is that voice, you start to believe that voice. And I have spent so much of my life being a positive person, but also having a positive conversation with myself throughout the entire process of my health and fitness journey. But even like from zero to 30 years of age. I think having a family who always believed in me was really, and loved me unconditionally, was obviously an amazing foundation. But I have always appreciated the things that I'm capable of doing, regardless of what my body looked like or what my body composition was at the time. But I think the most important thing is realizing what's going on in your head. And with a lot of the boudoir sessions that I do, I will explain to these women how amazing it is to see your beauty from someone else's non-biased perspective because your husband or partner will often say how amazing you look and you hear what they say, but you don't fully believe it. Mm -hmm. And then your girlfriends will say, oh my gosh, you look amazing in that bathing suit. Like your booty looks so great. And you hear it and you believe it in that moment, but then later these negative thoughts creep in. Mm -hmm. And during a boudoir session, I'll be able to photograph these gorgeous women and show them their beauty from an unbiased perspective and say, your booty looks so amazing. And then I'll turn around and show them the back of the camera. And they see that and they realize, oh, I have proof to back this up. Like the positive thoughts that I have in my head, I now have this amazing photo of how great I look. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important throughout, I think confidence is a journey. And I think it's important throughout that journey to have tangible things that you can hold on to. And sometimes that is the positive message that you're telling yourself of, even if you don't like certain things about your body, finding things that you love about your body and celebrating those things. And then realizing there's other things that you can change if you want to. Like Mm -hmm. I knew I loved my body for what it was at 305 pounds, not because of the excess fat I had on me, but I knew that it was never a question of worthiness or beauty. Mm -hmm. I just knew I wanted to lose that fat that was on my body. Now, like looking in the mirror throughout the process, I would still see a much bigger girl. It definitely took me a long time, like to look in the mirror and realize you actually have lost weight. Cause as my skin got like loose and more deflated, it, that was probably the hardest conversations I had to have with myself mm-hmm. of realizing you are still so beautiful. You look amazing, but I would see just this like excess skin when I was working out and I was like, Oh, this is like, my results were amazing. And that part of my journey was so important, but I think I had to have harder conversations with myself to like find the positivity throughout that journey as my body changed so much. Interesting. So it was almost like you struggled with your image as you started to lose weight because then you had all this like excess skin that didn't have anywhere to go. And that wasn't as elastic, Yes, which I'm so excited to get to that part of your story. So fast forward to the last couple months, you have had a skin removal surgery because you've lost how much weight? I lost 105 pounds and then I had nine pounds of skin removed of my body, like nine pounds of excess skin removed. So I'm at 115 down now. Wow. Yeah. Nine pounds of skin. That's crazy. (laughs) And you've shown me these like befores and afters. And I think that they are just so remarkable because 
me just knowing you and seeing you at the gym, like I had no idea that you were carrying around this excess skin. Where and when did you decide like, okay, this is something I want to move forward with, with this procedure? After my initial 37 pounds of weight loss during the first challenge at F45 that I did, because I did multiple challenges after that. But after the first challenge, I saw my skin start to get looser because before my body was so like my stomach specifically was so full of fat that the skin was tight. But as it got to get, as I lost that fat, my skin started to get looser. And I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, if I reach a goal of a hundred pounds, I will, I will probably need to get this skin removal surgery because I knew that my skin would lose that elasticity and would just be hanging out there. Um, Throughout the journey, as I continued losing the weight, I knew it was somewhere in the back of my mind that I wanted to do this, but I didn't start pursuing it until I was closer to like the last 15 pounds, which actually came when I was at CrossFit. And I, the reason, (laughs) the reason I knew I wanted to get skin removal surgery was because my loose skin would get in the way of so many things that I wanted to do in a workout And it would, especially in the end, like it would hold me back from so many things. It would also make the loudest noises. I, the last week before I had surgery, I had my husband record a video of me pushing the sled and doing burpees because I wanted to remember the sound that my skin made when I like hit the floor during, during burpees. And when I was pushing the sled, like you could hear it. It was like, it sounded like a fish slapping the water. (laughs) It was, and I was so embarrassed of that noise up until that point. Like I would not want people to hear that in Mm -hmm. any gym, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want them to know that I have this excess skin that's flapping around. And then I realized this is such an important part of my journey. Like I was like, I'm going to miss this. Not obviously I don't miss it. I was like, like, I'm going to miss this season of life if I don't capture it well, mm-hmm. because I, throughout my hundred pound journey of weight loss, the only insecurity that I had consistently throughout it was how my stomach looked in workout clothes. And specifically in the end, I just had so much excess skin. I lost over, I think it was 14 inches on my waist. Wow. Yeah. So when you think of anything that you expand 14 inches and then bring it back, it's, it's not going to have elasticity, even with Mm-hmm. a really clean diet and increasing my collagen to probably the max amount possible. Like mm-hmm. my skin just wasn't going to go back. And I never had a flat stomach, even when I was younger. So I knew, I knew my skin wasn't going to go be completely flat. And I knew that skin removal surgery was a reward for the journey that I had been on. And I knew that if I got to the point of losing hundred pounds, that was something that I wanted to do. And I, was so nervous going into the surgery because I was so in love with how well my body moved. Like the week before surgery, I remember thinking, I am so, I I love how well my body moves. Like I was capable of so many things at the gym. I hit amazing PRs the week before I did a 300 pound deadlift the day before surgery. Like I was so insane. Yeah. (laughs) I was very proud. I can't deadlift (laughs) 300 pounds and I've been doing CrossFit for 10 years. But that's the strength aspect. Like I became so attracted to how strong my body is and how like I never knew what I was capable of. Like Mm -hmm. 30 year old, 30 year old me had no idea the potential that I had. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I think 30 year old me would not recognize 35 year old me on the street. I'm also blonde now. So that probably helps too. But like, I would have never, oh, this gets me emotional. I never thought that I would be at this place five years later. And I'm so grateful for the journey, but also so grateful that other people helped realize that potential in me so I can be at this place now. Because now I look in the mirror and I I literally cuss when I look in the mirror because I'm so happy with how my body looks now because it's not just... It's not just the weight loss and it's not just the skin removal surgery. It's all of it. Realizing that... I actually could take control of my health and fitness. And like, I look in the mirror and I see, I don't even, I don't see the girl that was 305 pounds. I'm the same person, but like, I see all the work that I put into it. And it almost feels like it was easy because Mm. it was an everyday decision and it was habits that I established and continued that became a lifestyle. But I look in the mirror and I think, wow, you look incredible. And I put on, like, the first time I put on a bikini after skin removal surgery, I 
could not believe what I was seeing. It was this tiny white bikini and I was just, my husband was thrilled, of course, but I just looked in the mirror. I was like, I cannot believe this is my body. Like this is, this is me and this is my body and this is what I've done. And just being able to look in the mirror and love what I look like has been incredible because I loved it when I was 305 pounds. I would obviously have to wear a much larger bikini and cover up the areas of insecurity. But after having skin removal surgery, the one thing that I was most insecure about was my excess skin on my stomach and having that removed has eliminated my insecurities. And that, I don't know if I've ever known that to be something that I would experience in life. Like we all have insecurities. Insecurities are not a bad thing, but to have my biggest insecurity removed was just such a gift, truly such a gift. And then we went on um, a trip to Sayulita and North Shore Oahu shortly after surgery when I could start to wear bathing suits again. And I just had a ball. Like every (laughs) every time I put on an outfit, I was like, I just want to like strip my stuff on the beach. Not for anybody else, just for me. But I think it's amazing to, it's amazing that having skin removal surgery could be such a reward for the journey that I've already been on. And it just feels like such an amazing bow tied on top of it. And Mm, I love that. And it was, surgery was very extensive and the recovery was really difficult. And I definitely didn't know how difficult the recovery was going to be going into it. Um, but I'm so grateful that I did it because I'm so thankful to be walking in this body now. That is the best story. I am obsessed with this. Everything. (laughs) I mean, I was just hanging on to every last word, like hearing you get so emotional over your hard work and the journey and like loving every part of it. And something that you said to me that really stood out was insecurities aren't bad. What do you mean? Insecurities are definitely something that are seen as negative, but I think it's, it's okay to not love everything about your body. It's okay to not love everything about your life. Like there's always going to be negative and positive things in your life and things about your body. But I think having a positive mindset is really going to change how you feel about yourself. So I think it's okay to have those insecurities, but not dwell on them. And I don't think they're bad. I think it's important to dwell on the things that you love about yourself and dwell on Mm. the positive aspect of that. And everyone, I'm sure everyone can attest to this. Like if you think about, if you start your day with a positive mindset, you're going to have amazing things happen to you. If you start your day with a negative mindset, you're going to hate things about your day and you're going to say, Oh, it was the worst day. Mm -hmm. But that mindset is so important. And I think when it comes to insecurities, if you look in the mirror and all you're thinking about is what you hate about your body, you're going to continue to find things that you hate about your body and about your life and about your marriage and about your job and all of that. But if you have that positive mindset going into it, you're going to find things that you love and, and dwell on those. Everything louder for the people in the back. (laughs) That was everything. That message was huge. I love, I'm obsessed. What I love the most about what you just captured of insecurities is, you know, people, I think, are on this journey to eliminate their insecurities. And I think what most people fail to realize is that it's not, like you said, it's not about eliminating every insecurity. It's not about never feeling bad or like you don't have to love every single part of life or your journey or the way that you look. It's these things can coexist. The things that you love and appreciate and feel positive about can coexist with the things that you struggle with. And it's not that like the things you struggle with might not get a little better over time, but instead of trying to eliminate them, just focus on what you can control, which is like the things that you love and the things that you appreciate and, and your mindset. I think that that is probably the biggest thing that people struggle with is like their insecurities and what to do about them. And it's like, how about stop trying to do so much about them and focus on like what you love about your life and what you love about your, your body, because you're so right. You will see your, your brain will always continue to see what you are talking about. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking really negatively about yourself or your situation, or you're always going to, to see that. Like they, they are your lenses. Your mind is literally like the lenses that you see your life through. So I think when people are 
in the midst of that struggle, there's also the idea of buying confidence and there, and that when I say that, it kind of sounds funny, but like when you get your nails done, when you get your hair done, like I have walked into, we have the same hair girl, April, she's phenomenal. And there are times where I walk in there and my roots are overgrown and I just feel like, oh, I don't like, I don't like how my hair looks. I'll wear a hat for the whole week before it. And then the second that my hair is done, I feel amazing. And there is a confidence in that, that like, I could not have achieved that level of confidence about my hair unless somebody else did it. And so I think that there are times in our life where we need to tell ourselves what we appreciate about our body and dwell on that positive mindset. There's also times where we have to reach a little further and go get our nails done or have a spa day or get our hair done. And I think that buying that confidence helps with your journey as well. I love that. How would you say the last five years in this weight loss and fitness journey and really diving deep into exercise and strength training, how has that helped other aspects of your life and your marriage and your business? Because I'm feeling like you are no one to mess around with right now. Your potential (laughs) is like coming at me. I can feel it. It's palpable. And I love that energy. So I can only imagine the ways that this has bled into other aspects of your life. Tell us. My word for the year is unlock. And for me, that is, I have more potential than I ever realized. And the last five years have helped me understand that potential. But this year, my word is unlock because I know that there is more beyond that, that like, this isn't the end of my journey. This is just the beginning in all the ways I can unlock new things in life and health and fitness and business and marriage and all of that. Learning discipline when it came to my diet and when it came to fitness has helped me to be disciplined in all areas of life. And when you have, when you have those healthy habits and when you have that discipline, it only helps you in every area. Like I definitely thought that it was in a vacuum. Like if I, you know, as I started to like count my calories and figure out macros and all that and work out on the daily, I thought it would only be for health and fitness, but I did not realize that having discipline in that way would actually help me be a disciplined person and doing it at the same time that like my husband and my health journey happened at the same time. And I'm so grateful for that because there were highs and lows throughout all of it. And we were there for each other through that, which was amazing. But we both watched how being disciplined in that area of our life helped our business and helped our marriage and helped us appreciate each other. And also just appreciate so much more throughout business, travel, life, all of that. So I think it's really easy to think that it's just one area, but Mm -hmm. it's every area of your life. Right. Yeah. I often say good habits beget other good habits. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that with discipline specifically, a lot of people feel like a life of discipline means that you're going to forego joy or like the things that you love or, you know, but that's because you're kind of looking at like, the life of someone who's disciplined or your future self who is disciplined from where you're at now, probably having little control over a lot of things, whether that's how you eat or your mindset, you know, you're out of control of so many things when you're not disciplined. And I think that it can look a little intimidating when you're looking at it through like a telescope and seeing the end result. You're like, well, then I'm going to have to give up going out to eat and I can't have drinks anymore. And now my, I have to get up earlier to go to the gym. And it kind of sounds rough, you know, like when you're coming from your starting point, but I feel like as the more that you become disciplined, the more you realize how much you enjoy being in control of those things. Absolutely. You know, I really feel like it's this domino effect that you gain confidence in other areas of your life as you start to gain it in one area. And so I think that your story is like a perfect example of unlocking potential (laughs) everywhere. I mean, that's amazing. I'm so, so happy for you. So in closing, I realize that we have mentioned CrossFit and how you have made the transition from Jenny Schatzel to F45 and CrossFit. We kind of didn't really talk about how you jumped the bridge and went, came to the dark side. (laughs) 
tell us just a little bit about this last year and what um, what perpetuated you to join CrossFit Gym and where you see yourself going from this point going forward. I love this question. I loved my time at F45 from when I started to when I ended and then left and then left to go to CrossFit. I was so weak and naive and out of shape when I joined F45. And then over the course of two years, I realized how strong I was. And by the end of two years, I was outlifting all of the guys at the gym (laughs) and I, they didn't even have weights large enough for me to like, I think their largest weight that I could deadlift was 215. And I would do that easily, like multiple times during a workout. And then James, my husband, who's gone to CrossFit with you for a long time, had always said, like, you should just come to CrossFit. Like, you should check it out. And the owner, Danielle, had done the same thing. She was like, you sh- I think you would like it. I think it'd be really fun for you to check out. But I was so intimidated by CrossFit. I thought, I'll ne- I remember telling James when he joined CrossFit five years ago, I will never join CrossFit. That is for you. That is not for me. I will never do it. Famous last words, right? Yeah. Um, and then I came home one day from a 45 and I looked at James and I said, I'm ready to try CrossFit. And he was thrilled, but he was like, why? I said, because I want to be in a room with people who are stronger than me. And I want, I, I almost like knew that I needed to be humbled again Mm. because when I joined F45, I was so humbled. I also had a bunch of injuries going into it. So I had to modify everything and Mm -hmm. I would see people lifting these heavy weights. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can ever do that. I tried to not ever say I'll never do that, but I just, I didn't see my own potential at that point. By the end of two years there, I realized I am the heaviest female lifter here and I lift heavier than most of the guys and I need a challenge. I want to be surrounded by people who are stronger than me and I want to walk in the room and be humbled by my inability compared to their ability. Mm. And that was just another step on my journey. And so the first day at CrossFit, I remember thinking, I am scared out of my mind. Like, I mean, to this day, every CrossFit workout scares me a little bit in the best way. Um, And I definitely had a few slices of humble pie cut for myself those first few weeks because I thought, oh, I'm so strong. And then I realized, nope, not in comparison to all the people here. But I love being in the room with those people. And I think it's so important to surround yourself with people who are better than you, Mm -hmm. people who are stronger than you, people who are at a different point of their journey than you are, because you become most like the people you're surrounded by. And being in a a group fitness class like that is amazing because I realized those are the people that I want to be more like. And I Mm -hmm. want to, I mean, it's not just their athletic ability. It's also their dedication. And I am so grateful that I made that switch over to CrossFit. I also saw the last like 15 to 20 pounds of my weight loss at CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And that those last 15 to 20 pounds were the hardest by far, because mm-hmm. at that point my diet was so dialed and like, there's been times in my journey that like, I'll do a challenge for like six to eight weeks and like, will not drink at all during that night. Like, won't drink alcohol during that time. Won't go out to eat during that time. And then I'll have a couple weeks of just like enjoying myself and then go back to another challenge. And when I was at CrossFit, I was like, I, I want this so bad. Like I want this last 15 to 20 pounds so bad that I'll do anything to get there. And it wasn't my diet that needed to change. It was, I needed a different type of exercise. My body just got so used to like the fuel that I was having from food and the workouts that I was doing, it was so dialed and that was great, but I wasn't going to see any more results until I switched something up. And I remember you telling me that I don't even think I, I don't think I joined CrossFit yet, but you sent me the, you sent me the podcast that you did with Jenny, Jenny. the nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And I remember I listened to that and I loved it. And I was like, oh yeah, I think I just need something. I need a slightly different workout. Like try something different. My muscles were like so used to what I was doing that I needed to shock them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And CrossFit definitely shocked them. And I also have never been a runner. Like my entire life, I've always hated running. (laughs) And at F45, we don't run. And I started running at CrossFit and I still don't love running. I'm not going to say that by any means, but I love how my body feels when I run. And I love the results that I see from running. And that was the first thing that I could start to do after I had started to recover from skin removal surgery was 
I could start to run again because I couldn't do so many other things, but that was one thing I could do. And it just felt so amazing and freeing to be able to start to run again. And I, mm. I'm not going to become a marathon runner. Like that's not careful, that. <laughs> careful, careful. I've said that. Okay, I've said okay. those words I don't before. Have plans <laughs> to become a marathon runner, but I did tell James when we were in Hawaii. I said, you know, I think I should run a 5K in the next couple months. Yeah. And he was like, I'll run a 5K with you. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. He was like, but I won't run a marathon with you. I was like, I don't. I'm going to do that. But all my friends who are runners are like, you're definitely on that track. But I think it's, I think it's fun to see how like your preferences change over time. Like I thought I would be a swimmer for life when I was 14. If you Mm -hmm. had told 14 year old me, like you're going to get injured and then your whole life is going to change. And then much later in life, you'll start working out again. I would have said, okay, whatever. This is what I do every day. Like this is my whole life. This Mm -hmm. I mean, my identity was wrapped up in that as a 14 year old, but to look back now and realize there are so many different things in life. I said, Oh, I'll never do that. Or I'm happy with where I am. I have these other goals, but I don't know if they'll ever happen. Kind of like holding the goals with open hands. I now am so grateful for the steps that I've taken. And now here I am enjoying running. And I think what's next, but that's, that's the unlock. Jess, I love your ability to embrace your intimidation. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people turn, they run the other direction when they feel intimidated by something or someone or their own potential, even mm-hmm. in fear of they don't, it's uncharted waters, you know? And I think that what's so admirable about you is that you face those things head on and you just take it one day at a time, yes. you know, like if, like you said, if someone were to tell you in, you know, a year from now, you'd be doing this. Or right now we could be sitting here. I bet the next episode we do together, you're going to talk about how you just ran your first marathon. And I'm going to be like, remember when? <laughs> maybe half. Okay. Yeah. Maybe half, maybe <laughs> but I think, you know, people jump ahead to like what the end result like needs to be or could be or would be. And, and then it, the, the journey to that feels like, oh my gosh, so much work. And like, that doesn't even sound appealing. Like I ha- I'm going to have to do so much work to get there that they, they quit before they even get started. And I think what's so special about like what you shared in, in all of this was just showing up. Like, how about just show up yeah. and like cross those bridges when you get there, you weren't worried about what, how to do a snatch when you were starting F45, like it was unnecessary to need to know that it was unnecessary for you to, you couldn't have like been in that just headspace yet. You needed to get there. And instead of like rushing to that, you kind of like lived your way into your own curiosity and into your own answers of like what all those things would look like. And I love that. I'm like so obsessed with people that can be hyper-focused on the process. I think that's such a unique quality and one that you were able to express so articulately and with so much like compassion, you know, for, for how it went. And I just appreciate you sharing all of this so much. Is there anything else or that you want to add to, to this? Any last closing statements? Yeah. I, I love how you, framed what I said so well. And I kept picturing a staircase because each part of this journey for me has been like a different step on that staircase. And for me, that staircase doesn't end. It doesn't mean that it ended when I lost hundred pounds and then had skin removal surgery. Like I'm not, you haven't arrived anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I haven't arrived. And I think it's important to have that humility in your journey for sure. But I love that I didn't try to look all the way up the staircase and be like, oh my gosh, where is this going? How am I ever going to get there? I just took one stair at a time and I Mm -hmm. established those healthy habits and continued that day by day and kept like stretching my willpower more and more. And I think that that can be such a beautiful quality is realizing having the willpower to say no to things that you know, you don't want to do and say yes to the things that may be difficult, but you know that that's where that next staircase is taking you. And then when you like looking back, I love the idea of looking back at that staircase and realizing, whoa, I've come a really, really long way, but it didn't feel Mm -hmm. so difficult at the time because it was just one foot in front of the other. Yes. Wow. 
So beautiful. Jess, where can we find you? Where can people connect with you? Everyone is obsessed. They need to know how to watch you and watch you train for your first half marathon. Where can they do that? I love that you're speaking the half marathon into existence. <laughs> yep. It's making me nervous. I'll do it also... with you. Okay. Well, yep. I mean, I need to get, I want to get back to, into racing too. After having okay. two kids, I'm like ready to. So maybe this is our year. See this. We're calling each other up. Yep. I love this. I, the best way to find me is on Instagram at Jess Fairchild. I don't post much about my health and fitness journey on there, but that is very much me on that profile. So you'll see lots of amazing destinations and destination weddings that we do. Um, I also have a boudoir account, which is at boudoir with Jess with underscores under in between the words. Uh, but I, I love being able to share about all aspects of my life on social media. I've never been a closed book. I'm an open book in every way. So mm -hmm. you're welcome to follow along and ask any questions that you have. And I am just, I'm so excited I got to do this with you. Me too. This has been really fun. This was so valuable and I am so grateful to know you and to know your husband and you guys are just like the power couple and so much fun and just way too infectious. Like every time <laughs> I'm around you guys, I'm like, I feel better about myself. Like you didn't even say anything about me, but I just feel better. I'm like, I like who I am when I'm with both of you. So I hope that that's what people gather getting to know you online as well. I'm sure they will. Thanks so. so much. Thanks Jess. <laughs> 